Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. It has been some time. This is Nate with We Know Fantasy back at it here. I'm joined by my main man, Cody. Cody, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm ready to get back into the podcasting thing for We Know Fantasy. It's been quite some time, like you said, uh, since we've since we've done this. So I'm probably a little bit rusty, but <laughs> looking forward to being able to get some podcasts going again. Yeah, you and I both, we are definitely uh, out of practice. It's probably been a year since I've done any form of podcasting, but like Cody just said, I'm excited to be back and ready to talk some uh some playoff football. Um, before we move forward, guys, just be sure to follow us on all forms of social media at We Know Fantasy. Uh, find us there on Twitter for anything fantasy sports related. That's from fantasy football, of course, to golf, to NASCAR, to baseball, basketball, you name it, we have you covered. Be sure to visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for all up-to-date fantasy sports content you can find there from our slew of uh contributors you know cody's got his nascar series i have my golf going we have uh content pumping left and right and with the offseason headed uh, our way dynasty content nfl draft content it'll be coming fast and furious we are still now i guess not still now but we are now looking for some contributors to join our team uh cody has kind of taken over as i guess an editorial role for we know fantasy i'm still involved that's nate here but we're just looking for some people to get in here to, to, to share their passion of fantasy sports or sports in general. If you think you're not a good writer or a good podcaster or anything of that nature, give it a go. Give it a try. You know, as long as you have that passion, that fire behind you, we could definitely help you out and we'll get you rolling. Uh, anything you want to add about that, Cody? Yeah, definitely. If you have the drive to want to create some content and, you know, no matter what sport you're uh, you know most about whether it be football or NASCAR or baseball or or anything in between. Definitely shoot us a DM on Twitter at We Know Fantasy and we'll we'll get you hooked up. We'll we'll see if we can get you in on maybe some podcasts or if you aren't interested in that and you want to just create some written content, just whatever. You know we're looking for people that want to help us out and and uh, know what they're talking about. So definitely. Definitely give us a shout out here if you if you're looking to do something like that. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to hear from some people in that aspect of things. But without further ado, Cody, let's get into some NFL playoff content. Of course, the I guess what's called the wild card series behind us. We're moving on to the divisional round and we're going to talk each of these games. Cody and I are going to give us uh, our pick against the spread. We're going to talk some DFS, some prop bets, everything that comes with us uh, on fantasy sports beyond season-long fantasy there in the NFL content. We'll try to get you covered here. First off, Cody, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. The line right now, as of uh, this morning when I got the information around, the Chiefs are at minus 8.5. Where do you feel on this? Are you taking that Chiefs line? you think the Jags can get somewhat close? Yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City here with the minus 8.5. I just don't really see Kansas City... I don't see them lose or winning this game by less than like double digits. Uh, the Chiefs at home in the playoffs are incredible. They've won six of their last seven home playoff games. That one loss, of course, coming in the AFC Championship game last year to the Bengals in overtime. They've won 10 of their last 11 games. I know the Jags are hot right now, too, but Kansas City, I mean, they, they look really good right now, and I just don't know that... Uh, the Jags are going to be able to quite keep it within that uh, single digit to that minus eight and a half range. 
I would play it up to minus nine and a half. I could see it being a 10 point game at least. Uh, so I'm definitely riding with the Chiefs on that one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think the Jaguars may come out, you know, motivated a bit. Trevor Lawrence slaying the ball around and he may keep it close heading to about halftime. But I think once that second half hits, you know, Patrick Mahomes will see too much for this Jaguars defense to really keep it close. I'm with you, I think it's a double-digit uh, double digit victory for the Chiefs there. You know, the Jaguars defense is, is actually pretty bad. They've allowed 23 uh, or 239.3 uh, passing yards per game. I think that's somewhere like fifth most in the NFL this season. The Chiefs, of course, average just shy of 300 yards passing per game. So uh, I don't see this game staying close, especially in the second half, but we'll see what happens. I know, uh, you know our contributor Mike will be uh, screaming at his TV a bit about that, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk some DFS about this game here. You know, uh, we have the season longs behind us. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us are itching to keep some, some, uh, you know, I guess a few dollars riding on these games and just, you know, on top of the the playoff fantasy hype, just having some form of a uh, some skin in the game, I guess you could say, if you're just you know looking for more beyond uh, watching the game as a fan. So. Let's let's talk some DFS here. I have two players, uh, you know, as we go through this podcast, two players uh, per matchup. That's one per each team. I don't know how you took this when we talked about this earlier, Cody. I'm going more of like a, a I guess, in a way of a value sense, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just did one for each game, uh, and I I do have kind of more of a more of a value or somebody in line with who I think is going to perform. Uh, really well and and win you a DFS matchup. There we go. And then, you know, there's only eight teams you can pick up, pick from. So you have to get unique with these lineups and you have to find that, that one or two player that, you know, is just way down there on the DFS list. That's just going to have a breakout uh, game to really get yourself in some money, or you're just going to be, you know, running the mill, having the same players as everyone. You need that diversity in your lineups and hopefully we can help you a little bit with that. So let's kick it off here, Cody. Let's go with uh, let's go with your first uh, DFS play here in this uh, Jaguars Chief matchup. Yeah, so my first play here is going to be Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like as I as I mentioned before, I expect the Jags to be behind in this one. That's going to be a lot of passing from Trevor Lawrence. You look at the roster for the Jags. Christian Kirk is also a wide receiver here, but he's actually $6,000. Zay Jones this week on DraftKings is only 4700 So you're saving yourself about 1300 bucks there by taking Zay Jones. This game is a rematch of Week 10. Back in Week 10, Zay Jones, eight catches for 68 yards. Christian Kirk had nine for 105 and also two touchdowns, so he did have a huge game. But if those touchdowns happen to go the other way, you're looking at two guys here that had double-digit targets each in that game, and Zay Jones is, like I said, saving you $1,300 over going with Christian Kirk. So you just got to hope the touchdowns maybe go Zay Jones's way. Uh, he's had five since that Week 10 matchup against Kansas City. So if those touchdowns can go his way, you might be looking at a big value in Zay Jones uh, compared to his counterpart, uh, Christian Kirk, on the same team. Yeah, I've already alluded to it about saving, you know, money where you can find those unique plays that are going to burst for you in DFS to really to really set yourself up. And, you know, you still have to spend up for those big names that are going to have consistent scoring, but you just have to find ways to find value deeper in the 
in the lineup and saving thirteen hundred dollars. That's not a that's not a few hundred dollars. That's a big chunk of change. That's a difference between, you know, uh, I, I don't have a thing in front of me, but say like a Christian McCaffrey to to a Travis Etienne or something. You know, I, they're both going to do well, but that's that's the difference you're you're talking about here that could really set yourself apart. Um, I'm going to go with uh, if we're going to talk Jaguars, I'm going to go Evan Ingram here, forty three hundred. In the tight end category, I think he's the fifth highest priced tight end. And of course, you have your Travis Kelseys and your and your George Kittles ahead of him and whatnot. But Ingram, if the Jaguars are to try to keep this game close, try to be in it, Ingram will have to be involved. As you said, they're going to be playing from behind. That's almost uh, undoubtedly they're going to be playing from behind. So. You know, last week, Ingram was huge in that Jaguars comeback against the Chargers. He had seven receptions and 11 targets, 93 yards, a touchdown. Since week 14, that's including uh, last week's uh, victory in the playoffs, he's seen double-digit targets three times, each of them in big wins against the Titans in the AFC South battle, against the Cowboys, who we are, no, are already still in this playoffs, and, of course, against the, the, Jag- or the Chargers last week. So... The Chiefs, too, this, the Chiefs' defense is actually somewhat solid, but they have allowed the 16th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So you're saving yourself, you know, you're not getting your, the Travis Kelsey's, the George Kittles. You're saving yourself a lot of money here. 4300 that's very cheap. And you can get a tight end here that's going to have, like, wide receiver two, possibly wide receiver one numbers this week. Yeah, I definitely like Ingram. You know, the game's... This year that the Jags have looked really good are the games where they've utilized Evan Ingram and he has looked very good as well. So I think if the Jags have a hope to stick around in this game, they're going to have to use Evan Ingram and he's going to have to show up big for Jacksonville. All right, Cody, who's your other play in this game? Uh, well, I only did one for each, uh, Oh, I apologize. You, yep. you probably already said that. Honestly, I did say that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man. Talk about rusty. I apologize. <laughs> That's well, all right. I will, uh, I will go off with my second pick here. And then when we switch matchups, I guess we'll do a, I'll go, then you go, then I go. So it's a, it's split up there, but I'm going to go Isaiah, uh, Paccio. How do you ever say that for the chiefs there? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, has practice he will be back possibly for this game but he hasn't played since week 11 and Pacheo and um Jared McKinnon they they've they've filled this this uh this void well that CH has has offered they've all been involved throughout the season but since week 11 since the last time we saw CH uh Pacheo has had 11 or has seen what am I even talking about here I don't even know what my notes say here He's seen at least double-digit touches in all of those games since week 11. I think there was one game where he had nine. He is primarily the running back. Again, not the running back. He's the running game back in this uh, split with Jerry McKinnon. McKinnon is a lot more the passing game. So in a game, like you said, McKinnon may be the one that you want to go with here. But 5,500, Pacheo, the Chiefs, they're going to be putting up points. You get ahead in this game, they're going to be running running the football. Maybe they won't, don't want to be using the McKinnons, the CEHs. They want to save those legs moving forward. Pacheo could be that guy to really help them. And the Jaguars have allowed the 20 or 22nd most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Try to find value. It's not like 
this isn't a four thousand dollar play. It's not the cheapest you can find, kind of middle of the pack, but one that could you know set you yourself up still to get those get those bigger names moving forward. Yeah, I definitely like Pacheco, especially you know we mentioned it. We both expect Kansas City to be up big in this game, so the second half, the ground and pound kind of style. If the Chiefs want to go that way, that's the Isaiah Pacheco role. So I could see him racking up some second half yardage and helping out your team or your DFS squad in that way. What do you have in terms of uh, for these prop bets here, Cody? So sticking with the running backs here, I am going with an interesting prop that I found, which is Jarek McKinnon to score and Kansas City to win the game. So Jarek McKinnon to score right now is only minus 115. So I want something a little bit more juicy than that. If you throw the Kansas City win in as well, you can get it up to plus 130. Jarek McKinnon has scored a receiving touchdown in six straight games. He's also scored nine total touchdowns in that six-game stretch. So wow. he's he's scored a ton. He's a trusted part of the Chiefs offense down in that red zone. I mean, how can you not bet this right now? I mean, it's it seems like easy money to me. Of course, they'll probably end up going to Pacheco or Clyde down at the red zone and and mess this up for me. But, man, I thought at plus 130, Kansas City to win plus a Jarrett McKinnon touchdown seems like some pretty good value. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going – I have uh, – so I'm with you. I get on I get on to do some bets, and I get a little greedy. You know, I, I don't just put, you know, the, the money on one bet. and I start stacking things and – Next thing you know, I have a 12-leg parlay. I'm like, this is going to hit. I'm a millionaire overnight. But my two, I have two prop bets here uh, that I like for this game. I have, of course, talked about Evan Ingram. I'm going over the 46.5 reception yard line. That's at minus 114. And I also, I'm going to go take the under in this game at 52 and a half at the time of, you know, writing this or, yeah, getting information around for this podcast. I think the Chiefs jump out to the lead. Or, like I said er- earlier, the game is close heading to half and the Chiefs kind of pull away. I don't think the Jaguars, you know, you know, I'd like to see them succeed. I just don't think it's going to happen. So 52 and a half, you know, say that's a a 31 to 21 victory and you're in and you're there, you know. So I think that's a that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I like the under. I, I like the under a lot here. Yeah, I like that a lot. I was I was actually surprised to see it that high, you know, with the Jaguars here. But again, Vegas knows more than I do. All right, second AFC matchup here. We have the Bengals visiting the Bills. The Bills are favored by five. Where are we on this line, Cody? Uh, I am liking Cincinnati plus five a little bit more in this one. I know this game is in Buffalo. That makes it a little bit more challenging, but. I, you look at the injury or the, the game where DeMar Hamlin suffered that injury a few weeks ago, the Cincinnati Bengals jumped out and scored a quick touchdown to start that game off. So they were up seven, nothing and then seven, three at one point. So I kind of am expecting Cincinnati to be able to handle Buffalo and the Buffalo defense. Um, I think they'll definitely keep it close. At least I wouldn't be surprised to see Cincinnati straight up win this football game. So I'm definitely riding with the Bengals plus five. Yeah, I went back and forth on this. Uh, you know, I've had the Bills. Then you think about how, again, 
the Bengals can score points in a hurry. I just think the Bills are too much in Buffalo. You know, they're they're playing for for Demar there. I just think they're going to put together something here that that keeps the Bengals out of reach. You know, uh, maybe a touchdown that still gets you the five points that you need. So I'm riding the Bills on this one. Again, I'm not confidently riding the Bills on this one. Let's put it that way. <coughs> All right, DFS play here. I guess I'll lead off here. I'm going to go with one of my favorite DFS values all season long. That's Gabriel Davis, four eight hundred dollars this week. Around that around that line, a sub five thousand. He had a big week uh, last week where he had nine targets for six receptions, 113 yards, and a score. Again, you really need those touchdowns here at this point with these type of players. Again, you know, six receptions for 113 yards is still good, but you, you need you need the extra points coming from the touchdown. Um, this could be the highest scoring game of the week, even though Vegas only has it at, uh, I think, what's it, 48 and a half. So you're still four points shy of what they have the line at for, um, <coughs> for the Jaguars and Chiefs. But again, last week, Davis did outproduce Stefan Diggs. Diggs did not score. He had a few more yards than than Davis uh you know the defenses tend to to you know they try their best to contain Diggs it's really hard to do as one of the best receivers in this league but you know at $4,800 Gabriel Davis um I don't know what uh uh McKenzie's status is for this game that could throw a wrench into things you know uh Shakir too is getting a few targets but you know Davis just seems to be the guy that just pops up big plays here and there and I, I like this I like this line yeah, I like Gabe Davis, too. The The big issue with Gabe Davis, and I have a ton of dynasty shares of him, and this is the thing that really bothers me the most about him, being he either has a huge game or he doesn't show up at all in the box score. And it's tough to kind of pick those games out, but in a matchup with Cincinnati where both offenses are above average and both teams are going to have to score points to stay in the game, uh, I could see Gabe Davis having and impactful performance. All right, Cody, who's your DFS player for this game then? Yeah, so I'm also going to stick on the Buffalo side of the ball, and I'm going to take Dawson Knox here. He Ooh. is a tight end for the Bills, obviously. He's at $3,800 on DraftKings. It's yeah. actually the sixth highest salary out of the eight starting tight ends. So it's a big value, and you're maybe perhaps quietly – he also has a five-game touchdown streak right now, Dawson Knox. Oh, I had no clue. Exactly. He's he's a very sneaky guy. The thing with him, he's not getting huge volume, but he's proven to be a trustworthy option for Josh Allen down in the red zone. I mean, you get a touchdown, that's pretty big. If he can add a couple catches on top of that in a game, like I mentioned, where you're hoping to see a bunch of offense on both sides of the ball— you're going to need to see that in order for each team to succeed. Um, I'm going with Dawson Knox here. I think, you know, like I said, the sixth highest salary out of the eight starters is a big value. And I think he can definitely produce on that $3,800 price tag. Like you said, touchdown dependent, but the touchdowns are there. And there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities as we've, as we've talked about already. So I'm, I'm on board with it. I like that a lot. On the on the Bengals side, I'm going T Higgins. This isn't you know fall on the line of really value play, but he's only at 5800, and again, could be a high scoring game. We're talking about this time and time again. He's seen at least six targets in his last four games. The Bills also are 
um, not that good defensively against receivers. They've allowed the eighth most fantasy points to opposing receivers. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, you have the Jamar Chases, and, and I thought about uh, going with Tyler Boyd here, but I just think T. Higgins has that potential. You know, he still he still has borderline wide receiver one per, uh, potential. On some teams, he would be the wide receiver one. So you're on you're on a team or on a game where focusing Jamar Chase, T. Higgins can fly on the radar. I know it's not I know a super value play, but in terms of DFS value, when you're looking for uh, a difference in your roster, T. Higgins may be a guy to go with. Definitely like T. Higgins. Definitely am a fan of of going. Uh, you know, passing up on Chase, saving that little bit of extra money and, and going with somebody like Higgins, who has proved that he can be a big impact performer as well. Yeah, again, I don't have it off, off my hand, but I'm assuming Jamar Chase is probably the most expensive receiver, or if not, he's top two, three, somewhere around that range, probably in the $8,000 range. So this is a $3,000 savings you probably have in here. Yeah, yeah, I believe when I looked at it earlier, I think Chase was the, the highest uh highest money wide receiver out there this week. So yeah, definitely That's a probably, big saving. Probably put about a six, eight, 800, somewhere in that range. So yeah, big savings there. All right, let's talk prop bets. What do you got here for us, Cody? So you meant, you briefly mentioned earlier, Tyler Boyd, and that's where I'm going here. Tyler Boyd's receiving yard line is currently sitting at 35.5 yards. I'm taking the over. The Bengals have struggled at running the ball a lot this season. Joe Mixon you know, other than that five touchdown game he had uh, uh, back in the middle of the regular season, uh, the Bengals just haven't been running the ball very well. They do they they make most of their gains on offense by passing the ball. Tyler Boyd has seen five plus targets in eight of his last 12 games. So if he converts on the majority of those targets, you're looking at an easy 35, 36 yards there. So I think 35 and a half yards in a game that we expect to be offensive uh, I'm liking Tyler Boyd hitting the over on there. And that is at minus 120 right now. Yeah, I think it's something like the Bengals as a team average like 3.1 yards per carry. And that's like third or fourth least in the league. So you're right there. And uh, like I said, it doesn't take much to get 34 yards to the air in a, in a game of this caliber. Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go Cole Beasley anytime touchdown score. I know I know McKenzie may be back and that could take something away from him, but those two yard outs, you know, there on the goal line, they go a long way. And at plus 500 to get that touchdown, I'm taking that all the way to the bank or probably not, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Yeah, it's it's not a bad bet. That's for sure. I mean, definitely has the chemistry with Josh Allen. I know they haven't been, you know, Cole Beasley hasn't been around all season for the Bills, but He's got that chemistry, and they've been together in the postseason for the past couple of years. So I could see Beasley finding the end zone. Yeah, he scored last week. So that's, that's right. So, all right, on to the NFC side of things. We lead off with the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the New York Giants. They're giving the Eagles seven and a half. How, who are you taking there? I'm going with the Eagles here. This with the seven and a half point uh, point advantage here. I, I love the Giants story. But I just think the Eagles at home, I think they're going to get the job done. They won both games against the Giants this season. I know the game in Philly in Week 18, Giants kind of resting their starters. Eagles playing some of theirs because they were playing for home field advantage. They end up winning only by six. But Hurts, 
was coming off of an injury, so I'm sure he wasn't 100%. I think getting him back here, the home game, in the playoffs, I think the Eagles are going to be able to take care of business, and I think a fully healthy Jalen Hurts can help push the Eagles past that 7.5-point uh, margin. I'm actually going to go with the Giants line here. These, okay. Oh, again, these are divisional rivals. This is this is a NFC East matchup. No matter what it looks like on paper, they usually play, you know, all of them usually play each other close. Uh, we've seen Washington beat the Eagles this year to give them their first loss, and the Cowboys are still in things here. And it just, It's just one of those divisions that there's never much uh, in terms of separation between them and matchups. Again, could be completely different here in a, in a home playoff atmosphere in Philadelphia, which is, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, that's got to be absolutely electrifying. Um I'm not an Eagles fan, but either neither here nor there. I, I like the Giants here with a, with a touchdown cushion. Uh, you know, Danny Dimes is playing out of his mind. This this Giants team is definitely playing above their means right now. So I think I think at seven and a half, I think I'm taking the Giants here. Yeah, we saw with the Bengals last week against the Ravens and the Bills against the Dolphins that sometimes those division games don't necessarily go the way that Vegas thinks they're going to go. So I can see that. You know, I I know I I picked the Eagles, but you definitely put a compelling case together there. Yeah, you say that, and unless you're the, the you know the 49ers playing the Seahawks, my below 49ers is blow them out of the water. Mm, yeah, of course. <laughs> Either way, uh, let's talk some DFS guys here. I talked about already. I'm going Daniel Jones here, $5,800. He's one of the cheaper quarterbacks you can possibly get. I think he, uh, if I remember correctly, I think he's the second cheapest. With uh, just Brock Purdy behind him. Yeah, jo- Brock Purdy is the only one cheaper than Daniel Jones this week of the eight starters. He threw for 301 yards for two touchdowns last week in that improbable victory. Um, he, he's also doing a lot with his legs. He ran the ball 17 times last week, which I did not I did not remember him running the ball that many times. 78 yards. The rushing upside is really there to, you know, to gobble up some points, especially in DFS and fantasy. Um, <laughs> You, you, you know, if you're the seventh least expensive person and of eight, essentially, in DFS, you're you're rostered pretty low, I'm going to assume. So Daniel Jones there, I'm, I'm liking that play. Yeah, I like Daniel Jones as well. You mentioned using the legs. He definitely there's a point against the in that Vikings game where I'm, you know, Daniel Jones ran the ball, and then the next play he ran the ball, and the next play he ran the ball, and it's like, are the Vikings going to put a spy on this guy, or do they, what are they, why, they just keep letting him run the ball down the field, and yeah, it was definitely a great performance by him, and if he can find his legs and use them again this week, I could see him putting up some solid numbers, but I'll go ahead and transition into my DFS pick as well, because I've got the opposing quarterback, Jalen Hurts, 7,600 on DraftKings, Struggled in week 18 against the Giants, but if you go back to week 14 in New York, he had a 30-plus point uh, DraftKings performance against the New York Giants. He's also got that rushing upside that we just talked about with Daniel Jones. 13 rushing touchdowns this season for Hurts. I expect him to find pay dirt at least once in this one. So, I I mean, I I like Jalen Hurts. He's been great for fantasy this year. I could see him having a nice game this week. I also like Dallas Goddard in this one. But since I picked Dawson Knox earlier, I didn't want to go with more, you know, multiple tight ends. 
But I do like Dallas Goddard, but I also like Jalen Hurts a lot in this one. Yeah, he he he's transitioned into being that guy if he isn't already there. A home playoff victory in Philadelphia is really going to cement himself as as an Eagles guy if he isn't already there. He's going to be playing out of his mind. And again, like you said, week 18, he struggled a bit, but he was <laughs> after a few weeks off. He's had time to rest that arm since that victory. They're playing for the number one seed. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say he has a good game because my, my play here for the Eagles side of the things is AJ Brown, 7,600. Uh, this isn't my, you know, I've been trending towards cheaper players. This isn't that, but AJ Brown has been, you know, probably one of the biggest reasons the Eagles really took this jump uh, into what they've become here as the number one seed in FC. Since week 13, the least amount of yards that A.J. Brown has seen is 70. Outside of that game, it's 95. He's almost guaranteed over 100 yards. And if you're getting 100 yards, there's a good chance you're going to get a, a look at a touchdown. You get 100 yards, handful receptions, say six plus a touchdown, there you go wide receiver one numbers and it's like you said it is a little expensive but it's not the most expensive so you're going 7600 for a wide receiver one on the number one seed team saving a few dollars to then spend up on another position yeah i definitely really like that uh because i'll just go ahead and give you my prop bet for this one it's aj brown over receiving yards so it's i the current line is at 71 and a half it's minus 115. You just mentioned it. He's hit over 71 and a half in five of his last six games. And the one game that he didn't get to 71 and a half, he had 70. So he was right there. I think this is a smash play, the over 71 and a half. He hit it in week 18 against the Giants. He's been a huge uh, weapon for Jalen Hurts all season. So I think A.J. Brown at over 71 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 is a good play. That's funny. I have A.J. Brown's over right here on my list as well as favorite prop. <laughs> my other one, I don't know. I'm going Richie James over 45 and a half. He was going to be my my play here, but I transitioned to to A.J. Brown the last second. Richie James just has that boomer bust. He just seems to be the type of guy that really comes onto the scene when the Giants have a good performance. Again, I think he hit that last week, 45 and a half. A speedster gets one ball, and he has this over. <laughs> Game where the Giants are going to have to be doing something to, to to keep pace, to catch up. Richie James in this depleted wide receiver corp they have there in, in New York is going to have to do something. Yeah, the the Giants, their wide receiver core is interesting. They've just seemed to have a, a mismatched band of, you know, misfits kind of out there. Uh, and they get the job done. So Richie James, I definitely like him. I like the, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, all those guys that they have that the Giants, uh, that Daniel Jones has been throwing the ball to, um, you know, I think they can get, jo- get the job done. All right. Last game to talk about here, Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. But given the 49ers three and a half points, where are we leaning here? Well, you know, I got to take Dallas plus three and a half just because I'm a Rams fan and I can't pick the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this feels to me like a game that Dak and the Cowboys is going to come down to that last possession, right? I I mean, it just, it has that feeling of that game where Dak's going to have to do something the last time he has the ball. 
I could see it being a three-point game, even like a, a one-point game on a – heck, on a mix, missed extra point by Dallas, right? Because uh, Brett Maher missed plenty uh, last week. So, yeah, I'm going Dallas plus three and a half uh, just because, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I can't pick San Francisco. That goes against goes against everything I believe in. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm taking the 49ers at three and a half. Um they're they're good. They're good at football. They do everything well. Brock Purdy has is proven to to be able to execute this Kyle Shanahan offense to a T. They they have a, a top tier defense. If anything, I guess the secondary is suspect. But uh, you know, down, <coughs> you know, to to stay in line here and, and move the ball against the 49ers defense and you know just getting a field goal. I I think the 49ers win win by at least uh, three touchdowns. You know. Two, three touchdowns. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 my fanhood coming out there. <laughs> that's that's some big confidence right there. <laughs> Got to stay confident in your own guys. Um, speaking of my own guys, I'm going Elijah Mitchell here, 4700. You know, it's enticing to go with CMC and what he does there for Kyle Shanahan in that offense. But you know, Mitchell Mitchell still's involved. He's been steadily involved since his return to the the lineup. His first time back was Week 18. And then the playoff game, he scored a touchdown last week. He does need a touchdown to stay relevant and, and really help out here. Uh, we'll see what, what comes of it. He's a good receiving back. You know, CMC, of course, is probably the best receiving back there is in the league. But, you know, Mitchell will be involved. He will get his chances, you know, with as much as the 49ers use their running back. So $4,700, saving a boatload of money. Uh, I, th- I think it's good. What do you think about that, Cody? Yeah, I like that. I like Elijah Mitchell. Um, I'm more of a CMC guy myself, and you'll you'll see that in a little bit here when we talk about props. But uh, yeah, I could see Eli Mitchell putting up some decent numbers in the stead of of Christian McCaffrey. There we go. What's, what's your play here, Cody? Yeah, my play here is uh, spending up. I this is the highest dollar guy that I have here so far, and I'm going with CD Lamb of. Dallas Cowboys, $7,300. He's the fourth highest wide receiver behind Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and A.J. Brown. He has scored at least 16.2 DraftKings fantasy points in five straight games. He's far and away Dak's number one wide receiver. And in a game where, well, Nate said it himself, (laughs) San Francisco is going to win by three touchdowns. Uh, Dallas is going to have to be throwing the ball. So, uh, I think he's going to have to be involved in this one for the Cowboys to stay in the game. Uh, I like C.D. Lamb to have an, another big game here. Yeah, and, you know, he'll likely see Traverius Ward, who, you know, last week got, got uh, you know, I guess I guess in the, what, the, what the kids say these days, bossed around by uh, D.K. Metcalf. So I, I definitely can see that happening as well. And like you said, this could be a high-scoring game. I think the over is at 45-and-a-half. These are two teams that they, they have a history that they're they're good offenses. Cowboys probably better. I'm not gonna lie to you about than the 49ers offense wise, but yeah, CD Lamb, you know, fourth most expensive wide receiver. He he has potential to be the highest scorer this week, in my opinion. I'm gonna go with another Cowboys uh, receiver myself. That's Michael Gallup at 3,800. Uh, last week caught five. Five. Targets for 46 yards and a score. Going to be going to need a bit more of that uh, than that, excuse me, uh, to to really cement himself in DFS. But I think it's there. 
Like you said, you're going to have C.D. Lamb with Traverius Ward, and beyond that, the 49ers secondary doesn't have much to offer. Uh, so, you know, if, if the Cowboys are to win this game, they're going to have to have to put up some points, you know, to have to do it against a good defense, and, you know, Gallup's going to be involved. Yes, uh, somebody's going to have to catch passes for Dallas, and, uh, you know, uh, they have been using Dalton Schultz quite a bit. I, I don't mind him this week either, but... Yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb has been big. Michael Gallup, since coming back, has been nice. Uh, you know, like I said, they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody, and, and those are the guys. So what's this uh, CMC prop bet you were alluding to earlier? All right, so I took Christian McCaffrey, his combined rush and receiving yards. The line is at 106.5. I'm taking the over. McCaffrey has hit this number on rushing alone in four of the last six games. So he's not going to need a ton of receiving yards to hit this. You know McCaffrey's got the ability to break big plays every time he touches the football. So if he breaks off one or two big ones, the 106.5 should be easy. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a winner right there. Uh, CMC over 106.5 combined rushing and receiving. Not going to hear me complain about that. Ever since he's, he's come to the 49ers, he's been a you know the biggest part of their offense. Like he said, it just seems like every time he touches the ball, he makes something happen. He's been doing that his entire career, and that's what CMC does. So, yeah, I'm there with you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you on that one. I'm gonna take Dak Prescott's over here at 250 and a half on his yards. I, I think that's 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 pretty light, I guess. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, if they're gonna beat the 49ers the way the 49ers have played. On now a ten win or are they eleven ten or eleven straight victories? You're gonna have to put up some points and getting over 250 yards. I think you have to be around that 300 yard mark to really make it happen. So again, that Prescott's over is where I'm leaning here. Yeah, I don't hate that. Like I like I said, they they're gonna have to throw the ball. Uh, they Cowboys are another team that have somewhat struggled at running the football this year, despite. Uh, Despite making it as far as they have this year, uh, they're kind of almost in the same boat as the Bengals. Maybe not quite. Tony Pollard has had a little bit of success, but but Zeke has struggled quite a bit this year. I mean, uh, so having to throw the ball, I could see Dak easily cresting that 250 yards. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Pollard's success too is receiving the football. So if that's the that's case, true. if that's the case here, it goes towards Dak's total anyhow. So. All right, I'm going to ask you this, Cody. Uh, we're going to put it here in stone. What's your Super Bowl prediction? Uh, yeah, I am going to go with Kansas City, and I'm going to say Kansas City over Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. I just don't think anybody in the AFC has quite the pedigree of Kansas City this year. You can make an argument for Buffalo. You can make an argument for Cincinnati, but I had mentioned earlier in the podcast they lost some close games to to some or they won some close games to some division rivals last week. Kansas City to me just seems like a powerhouse in the AFC, and I think they're going to be the team to beat. Yeah, I have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl for the AFC side, and again I have the 49ers. Again, take that as you will. As I'm a diehard 49ers fan, on the other side. Um, the Chiefs are far and away the best team in the league. They they're they're very complete. The best quarterback, the receiving court's good. The running backs, you know, their defense is even good. They're just littered with talent. People wanting to go there to play for this reason alone, Super Bowl titles. I I think it's the Chiefs that actually do win the Super Bowl. Um, again, 
uh, yeah, just too much, just too much for them. And it, it's going to take a perfect game from someone else to throw them, in my opinion. Yes. If we're going to talk Super Bowl here, Cody, you know, we're both pretty, pretty big foodies. <laughs> so say, say you're, you're sitting down for some, for an afternoon or, or a day long, if it's Sunday of some, of some football, what's, what's your, what's your spread look like? Uh, I hate to go chalk here, but it's got to be chicken wings, right? I mean, you got to have the wings. I I personally love making them. I have a smoker outside. I put them on the smoker and, you know, lather them up with sauce and, and they come out really good. I, I love chicken wings. You got to have to go along with that, that celery and ranch or blue cheese, whatever you prefer. Um, but yeah, that's that's me. I, I love wings. I got to have them. If I'm watching the Super Bowl or, or heck, I'll, I'll take them for any football game. All right. I got two questions here for you then. One, what's your go-to sauce? And two, are you a blue cheese or ranch guy? I'm a blue cheese guy, definitely. And as far as sauces go, oh man, I can do just about anything. I typically like to go with like a honey barbecue if I'm going to, you know, sit down and, and just veg out on them. But I can do hot wings, like hot garlic I'm a fan of. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, and, garlic, then garlic. definitely a blue cheese guy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big blue cheese guy myself. I, I, I mean, I'm also a big ranch guy when it comes to a lot of things. But just not in wings. It's got to be blue cheese when it comes to wings. That's I'm right. A, I'm a, like I said, anything garlic, hot garlic, spicy garlic, honey garlic. Uh, of course, a classic garlic parm. I have a, a local restaurant here. You know, I'm in rural Pennsylvania, and even even this restaurant is annually voted in one of the top ten places in the state of Pennsylvania to to acquire wings. They sell their sauce across the country. They make a uh, garlic ranch parmesan wing. You know, mm. don't have to be a ranch or a blue cheese guy. You get both of that. You take that wing, dip it in some blue cheese. Phenomenal. Um, that's all my list here. And my other thing is a. Uh, what I love to make on game day is a smoked queso. As Cody said, I have a smoker outside, you know, right outside my house as well. Uh, just a combination of cheeses, uh, jalapenos, uh, whatever meat I want to throw in there that day, whatever I can find. Uh, chorizo is, is hard to find in rural Pennsylvania, believe it or not. Um, that's the go-to, but if I have to, you know, a hot Italian sausage or something of that, just you know, chop it all up, throw it in the smoker for a couple hours, and that nice smoky taste with the cheese and the spices. Ooh, I could eat an entire uh, tray of that myself. Oh, yeah. I'm a big queso guy as well. Uh, like you said, chorizo, I that's my go-to meat for the queso, but can't always find it. I'm a big hunter, so I use ground venison in mine sometimes. Ooh, ooh, like uh, that. So that, that offers a little bit of a, a different meat uh, style there, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to get the Rotel in there, the Velveeta yep. cheese. Oh, yeah, yep. it's love my love me some queso as well. Yeah, some Rotel, uh, what's it, diced tomatoes and green chilies. Oh, yeah. Jalapenos in there. Just have yourself a good old time. That's right. But all right, Cody, I think that's a wrap for this uh, return podcast we have for us here. Again, if you make this part of the podcast, thank you very much. Knocking the rust off here. We're going to try to be our, our best to be back every single week, especially through this off season. Even if you use some form of content, uh, you know, we'll have some of the the original the original cast on here or there when they're available, and hopefully, you know, some of you guys reach out to us and we get we get a few new voices on the podcast for this reiteration of the We Know Fantasy podcast. Before we sign off here, Cody, where can people find you on social media? 
You can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. Be sure to follow the We Know Fantasy page at We Know Fantasy on Twitter. Visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com. Follow me, Nate, at WKFNate on Twitter. All right, guys. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see.